0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Father Son Packers podcast. Here is episode two. I'm your host Tommy and I'm joined by Matt, my dad. Dad, how you doing?
1: I'm doing well. Just, you know, as you know, we just came back from a wedding over the weekend. Still a little hoarse from the karaoke, but doing well.
0: Yep. Congratulations again to Joe and Matthew. Uh, It was a very beautiful wedding. We had wings and pizza for dinner and it was delicious Um, But yeah, so we're just here to talk today about the Packers-Saints game, a little bit of a deep dive into some stuff with that, uh, as well as what's been going on in Packerland for the last week since we last recorded. We are recording this Tuesday night, August 23rd, and we're going to just start off a little bit with some roster moves. So in the meantime, since we last spoke with you all, there have been some cuts down to 80 players. Uh, including uh, Randy Ramsey, Dante Vaughn, Cole Schneider, BJ Baylor, George Moore, Ellis Brooks, Ty Clary, Chauncey Manick, Danny Davis, Vernon Scott, and Dominique Daphne, as well as a trade of Cole Van Lannan to the Jags for a seventh round pick, and Kylan Hill being sent to the PUP list, uh, and so he cannot play for at least the first four games. Um, Amongst those, Vernon Scott and Dominique Daphne and Danny Davis were cut with injury designations, so really tough for them. Uh, Dad, do you have any thoughts on any of these roster moves?
1: Yeah, so I guess I would say for the the Kylan Hill, he sort of switched from the reserve pup, which can only go on at the beginning of training camp, to the active pup. So that's like sort of the Mm -hmm. beginning of season pup. And... I'd say about like Vernon Scott. I guess his injury was maybe worse than we had thought. You know, uh, um, Lef- Co- Coach LaFleur said something about we wanted to get a second opinion on his on his in- injury, which I seemed like it was a shoulder, and so it must have been something that was going to keep him out long term. And so they decided to um, let him go now. And the Coleman Landon. For oh, the Vernon Scott yeah.
0: one, that that was that's really tough because it did definitely seem like he was in line for that third safety spot. And you kinda knew as soon as they said they were getting additional opinions on that shoulder that it wasn't good because they're not going to get another opinion if the first doctor was like, Oh, it looks totally fine. Yeah. A
1: second opinion. You only get a second opinion if you're unhappy with the first opinion, usually.
0: Exactly. And that one was really tough. Yeah. And Um, he had started,
1: he'd been, it seemed like he'd been playing better and moving up the depth chart for that third safety spot um, before that injury.
0: Yeah. And he had had a really nice game against the Texans two years ago. And then last year, hadn't really done very much, but you can kind of chalk it up to, you know, second year in the league, new defensive system, and it seemed like he yeah, had really... Yeah, that could have been a, have of have stuff a big one, the defensive system. Exactly. And a lot of stuff had seemed to click for him this off season. He had looked pretty good, but he had that... There was that run down the sideline by, I believe it was Tony Jones for the Saints, and he missed that tackle a little wide and seemed to catch it all on that... Uh, all on that Cut it all
1: on the shoulder. I was and looking yeah, at that play, and as I looked, looked at it, and I was looking at the play, I was like, oh, is that the one that... Uh got hurt on as i was watching the uh the all 22 as like oh yeah there's some get up and he's going right to the shoulder as he tried to yeah. dive back and do an arm tackle yeah, yeah it's, so it's, yeah, that, and he that was, was that was a big 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 uh um gain on the screen screen pass by the same yeah and it was plays.
0: it was tough because you saw on the sideline he was hard he was immediately really upset he was he really yeah
1: room. you could tell he was really angry about it on the sideline uh, during yeah, the game and, he was not you know happy. we just,
0: you just hope that he can he can make his way back it, it, onto a roster somewhere. And it, and, work it, and
1: I know what it's injury. like, and you probably know what it's like, to be angry when you get hurt. Mm-hmm. And you have to get yeah. off the field,
0: off exactly. the court. And, and we're not even close to, <laughs> never have been, and never will no. be close to that level of importance for an injury. But You know, I was thinking about
1: you know, this kind of statement the other week. It's like, you know, you can't talk in certainties all the time. We're all talking about probability, except I'm certain I'm not going to be getting on that football field and playing in the NFL. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a certain. Yeah, that,
0: there there are certain certainties, and uh, you know that's definitely one of them for the both of us. But yeah, it's really tough for Vernon Scott, and then Cole Van Lennon, You know, it's tough to see the hometown kid get traded, but it is good for the Packers as a whole. I think to get something for him because he was kind of right on the edge of that roster bubble, and it yeah. was looking more and more like that spot was going to go to Caleb
1: Jones. I had had him on my fifty-three. Um, my first two iterations of my 53, but then with both Jenkins and Bakhtiari coming off the pup, that, uh, you know, was eating up two offensive line spots right there when I was expecting maybe only one of them to make it off the pup before the beginning of the season. And then Caleb Jones seems to have passed him in the depth chart with his play lately, which has been quite quite uh quite good for a undrafted free agent he's made a lot of nice plays and, and yep. Colvin Lannon seemed to be getting less and less playing time or at least you know pushed down to later and later minutes
0: yeah and I, I saw a tweet the other day I think it was Andy Herman who was pointing out the like parallels between Colvin Lannon and Ben Braden last year where they get first team reps and then you know a year later they're not on the team anymore and you know maybe that's just a, a pattern of the packers you know give, give them some first team reps and a team will think they might want to trade for him we're just well, like going to pump up that value a little
1: bit but just it's a probably teeny bit. it's probably better for him to get um picked up by a team that had you know put some um capital into getting him for him to yeah. have a chance to make the Jags. so that probably helps him there but i think also the packers do have this habit of i'm just we're just going to throw this guy out there and see how it goes
0: yeah, and, and it did seem, though, that uh, I was looking on some Reddit threads from the Jaguars that they just lost one of their main backups to injury in the preseason. So there's going to be an opportunity for him to play, which is is good. Um, speaking of injuries, uh, let's move on to some of the injury news for the Packers. Um, what do you think, Dad? Do you want good news or bad news first? Vegetables or dessert first?
1: Um, let's go... Which one's good, which one's bad? Depends what the vegetable is. <laughs> I think we all know the vegetable is bad. I think we can Vegetable's all that the vegetable to ice cream. is bad but compared to ice cream. Or any dessert. I mean, dessert. some of these, I don't think we have any, like, Brussels sprout level bad. Depends vegetables. How you feel this about time.
0: Brussels, depends how you feel about Brussels
1: sprouts. But we had a whole bunch of Brussels sprouts last year. Yes. With Tunnyan entire... Hill, bakhtiari and Jenkins. Those are all Brussels sprouts. Last no, year. That's all Brussels sprouts. ACLs. Yeah. ACLs are Brussels sprouts. ACLs. Okay. <laughs>
0: right, that's 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 fair. I mean, you know, I don't pay for. You know, for, mo- for me, those are green peas. But fair enough. But anyway, oh, green let's... peas are delicious. No, super great. <laughs> um, but anyway, let's start with the bad news. Unfortunately, uh, it seems that. Uh, so Levitt, Rashid Walker, and Akeel Byers all missed the Saints game, um, which is especially bad news for Walker and Byers. Although Walker is back practicing, um, which is nice to see, and he had been practicing. I guess he's just not quite ready for the game yet. Um, going right, I mean, to he rock- kind of
1: he he started the offseason with injury. He was injured, yeah, and that was part of the, the reason he and... fell
0: he fell in the draft to the seventh round because he, he a lot of people had him a bit higher in the draft. Yeah, was it? And then. Jaron Reed uh, hurt his arm and wrist in practice on Monday, but did come right back with it taped and continue to practice. So that's just something to keep an eye on. And then on Tuesday, Rico Gafford and Sal Canella were not practicing. Rico Gafford with an ankle injury, the same one I think he's been nursing uh, for a little while since the first game. And then Sal Canella had a knee injury, and he was also not practicing. Now, Right uh, let's now, canella
1: played. Cannella played in the last game. Do you know when Cannella he, did he get versus the, the Saints? Yes. Did he get the injury during that game? I don't know when he got uh, that. Injury. He
0: was added to that injury report on Tuesday. It looked like. I think he did practice Monday, so it seems to be something that happened on Monday.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um, Gafford, anyway. I suspect it's the same injury as before the before game two. Yeah. It and Levitt, we haven't really heard that much. His shoulder injury looked. Not good. It looked worse than Vernon Scott's. I thought, and we've but. heard essentially nothing about it or how long it's going to be. Just but well, which Lafore makes did which say which that it's going to be a
0: more longer term uh type. But
1: people. it it does make me think that they're going to keep him on the fifty three and then move him to I. I. the injured list so they can keep so he doesn't have to miss the whole season. But yeah. But
0: anyway, so that's unfortunate. You know, we're hoping the best for all those guys. We're hoping that they can get back quickly. um and especially for guys like Akil Byers and Rashid Walker, that they can keep making strides so that because these are guys that are fighting for edge of the w- roster spots and they need to be out there as much as possible for their chance of making. Right. fifty three. And, and I think anyway, some of them are
1: I was gonna fighting move, for not just the 53, mm, but also yeah, the practice squad. Exactly.
0: And but good news um, before. Uh, right after we recorded Christian Watson and Elton are back with Christian Watson participating in team drills and it's and Tariq Carpenter are back so we get some help back at safety even though we're losing uh, some people there but most importantly David Bakhtiari is back sort of he practiced both Sunday and Monday he's been activated off the pup list which is just a step he did not practice on Tuesday but apparently that was already planned for him to not do three days in a row and take it a little easy but you know, this is really, really like probably the biggest news of the off season is that Bakhtiari is not going to, um, uh, is is at least going to get off the pup list before the season starts, and is most right. likely going to be on the fifty three.
1: Right, he's already he's already off the pup list. So, this idea of will he be out for the first four games will be, is is kind of a different debate now, <laughs> and the fact that they're you know willing to. Take him off that list that he can't go without missing the whole year means they've got some kind of good feelings about where he's at. Um, if they mm-hmm. really felt uncertain, they would leave him on there and say, well, is it going to be four? Is it going to be six? Is it going to be eight? We better leave him on there just in case. And that's not what they're doing anymore. Um, yeah. So I'll that have... that, I think it means that they feel better about his injury than they did three months ago.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think you have to feel better about it than it did three months ago, because three months ago, I think, you know, I, the, the, he's at least on the field now. Like, yes. he is He is at least practicing. You know, you can find some clips online of him doing some drills. I thought it was really awesome. The entire O-line room gave him, a, like, a standing ovation on his first practice back, which was really cool, and he gave him a little bow. And, you know, you just really I- feel for the guy, because it's really, it's really awesome, because he's talked about how like the both the physical and mental struggle to get back onto the field has yes. been really a toll on him, and it's been almost 600 days since he's since his initial injury. And it's 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 just really great to have one of the best tackles in yeah. the league back on the field and stabilizing that old line room, and just a one of the great personalities of the Packers back <laughs> yes. on the field. I, he, I mean, un- be, like unquestionably. I do love watching him on the. Team.
1: I, Courtside at the Bucks games is is, oh, yeah. is a sight to the be- behold. The best beer trugger on the team, back <laughs> oh, on the I, team. I don't think it's even close. Is it?
0: it? Well, I mean, I can't say that I've seen. I guess I don't guys. know. I'm sure some of them would have something to say about that. This is probably but... true.
1: We certainly know he's better at it than uh, Rogers. It couldn't be worse at it than Rogers, <laughs> to be fair. Then, of course, no shade.
0: It's more of a scotch And man, then of course, you, you see, chugger.
1: like not only not only did the uh, the O line applaud his return, but. Rodgers tossed him a couple of socks at his head yeah, right, right in the locker the room. <laughs> yeah, that was,
0: that was funny. But it's it's just nice <laughs> to to have him back, and I think that's, that's the biggest news of camp so far is that David Bakhtiari is practicing in training camp, which is awesome.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, my opinion has been for a while now that their biggest improvement this year compared to last year, it, it, compared to the end of the year last year, is going to be an improvement in the offensive line. Um, and so will, that, that'll be a, a more of a topic for another day but I think that's because with uh, him and Jenkins coming back it basically pushes everybody sort of down a peg in how good they need to be for a mm-hmm. high functioning offensive line and so the sort of lowest graded players will be backups instead of starters of those top seven.
0: Exactly and it's yeah it's mostly just like kind of Feel good right now. You know, we don't want to get too ahead of ourselves because he has tried to come back before and it has not worked out before. So we're going to knock on wood really quick and cross our fingers. But, you know, it's good news and it's okay to celebrate good news.
1: I think it's okay to celebrate because one thing that I've been waiting for and trying to, like, see if anybody was tweeting about this, like, was he ever doing any of these exercises two days in a row? You know, you see him when he was still on the pup doing some of the and running and he's like his bounce off the turf looked pretty good in his spring as it were when he was doing some of these uh, cross step r- runs like okay he's got pretty good explosion off of each leg as he's bouncing through it but can he do that more than one day in a row because that was has been the hold up yeah you know, he who would exercise that it swell up and he couldn't go for however long it was afterwards and so we don't know because they haven't actually said but it is my suspicion that he's been able to work out um you know two days in a row for them to you know go to this next milestone in his recovery yeah and, and, he, um, and he and he practiced sunday and monday mm-hmm.
0: yeah the two days in a row was the big thing that was the big thing that i was one waiting for because there were a lot of times last year where it seemed like he would try to go and then the knee would swell up on him and he'd have to sit out and they always said that that was part of the plan but it seems now looking back on it that that was due to that swelling and so you could you could also look at this not practicing three days in a row because a lot of times when he didn't practice back-to-back days last year they would say oh it's just part of the plan there's no reason to worry so you could you could take the same sort of like uh uh-oh view of the not practicing three days in a row but the fact that he was able to practice two days in a row i think is hopefully it's better than it it was it's better than it was you know that's that's all we can really hope for right now and just hope for his health and for the best but anyway moving on to other one last piece of injury news um for mason crosby it does sound like he uh rob domoski tweeted about an interview with him today it does seem like he he at least feels that he is on track for what his recovery is supposed to be now whether or not that means he'll be ready for week one remains to be seen i will say that i think ramiz ahmed has kicked pretty well in his stead in the meantime But he's been uh, doing okay so far, it's been pretty good. And you know, Crosby has elevated from kicking a soccer ball to kicking a football in recent weeks, which you know, now that's a step. And another,
1: I I was trying to figure out, it seemed from the quote from Crosby that he may have actually done some. I'm not quite sure what he meant by he did a set indoors, or
0: yeah, did he actually kick some field
1: goal attempts indoors? It was a little ambiguous the way yeah, it was like written. So I'm just thinking, yeah, please mean please game. mean you actually were kicking field goals indoors that nobody got to see. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that, I, that would be great
0: <laughs> because, like, I know he struggled a lot last year, and we can go into that when we talk about special teams at some point. But it's it was kind of the whole operation. I still have faith in Mason Crosby. I have faith in him more than I do any other kicker they could pick up at this point. So, i mean Eddie certainly Panera more than uh cut, so maybe burkick but... yeah yeah i mean and, and to be fair to burkick she did have a hamstring injury in that game so I don't that was rough much. you know it's like um, i don't want like to like rag he...
1: him for that game because he's like he got hurt i think in warm-ups according yeah, to the quotes Leblis i saw said, yeah and so then he's like you know dragging his bum leg out there yeah because and it's really he's, tough for him because he's, he had... he's, he's
0: doing what's best for the packers but it's it's never really not great for him because it's no, it's not good it's a, tape and a, it, other it, it,
1: teams are going to look at that and be like, well, yeah, I felt bad for yeah. him about that aspect of it when I heard about. it." It's like, oh, that's yeah. he got he got really kind of stuck in a bad spot. Yeah. And, you know,
0: but, you know, that's pretty good news for Crosby that he is at least encouraged with his progress in his rehabilitation. And, you know, it's still unclear whether or not he's going to be ready for week one. He's definitely not kicking preseason week three
1: um but you know he's definitely not going this week
0: i will say that the packers have recently tried out several kickers so it i would i would guess personally and this is just a guess that he will not be ready for week one
1: yeah they had what four kickers and two punters in this week yeah which something something like that
0: because i feel like pat o'donnell's been fine um but yeah and his
1: holding's been good
0: yeah, honestly I would take like a mediocre punter with great holding. JK Scott must have been the greatest holder of all time to be dealing never... with like, that poor snapping for that long. Bring honestly, JK Scott for as much trouble at punt we never had trouble holding when JK Scott was here. And the long snapper was the same long snapper. It was the same one, but year to year like I, it, I never I think realized. JK Scott must have been the goat holder. Like honestly,
1: I never realized how much more how much more a person could care about holding than the actual punting until last year.
0: <laughs> it's like and it's like it was the complete opposite. It was like wow, man, JK Scott's really shanking these things. And you, and it, but you don't know what you got till it's gone. <laughs> and, yep. And man, JK Scott must have been so wonderful. good at holding. <laughs> But anyway, those are that's pretty much the uh the summary of the injury news we had going. You know, some bad, I think, more good than bad though, which is you know all you can hope for this time of year and just hope that that holds up. But uh, anyway, dad, do you want to uh move on to that uh Saints Packers game from last Friday?
1: Sure, um, there are got kind of a few things I was trying to go through play by play and. Guess who yeah, goes, I know
0: you just went like a pretty deep dive, going play by play and watching each play multiple times. Yeah, and, and
1: uh, not all of my notes are kind of compiled in an organized way. So I to take notes at all plays, but I guess we'll start with special teams. Yeah, you know, I, I think was, that's like
0: the shortest amount like we can talk about because, a, a, you know, it was a fairly un, it wasn't a great special teams performance. I will say I was actually no, it was much a bit of a mixed the bag. San
1: one. The 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 kicking, the extra point field goal operations seem to be pretty smooth yeah uh, the, the snaps are all on target the holds are all good the kicks were clean. Didn,
0: didn't miss a kick
1: um there was on the kick coverage it was there were some mistakes to be made um covering kicks yeah was, what is it uh, one, i think one... i saw
0: i think i saw justice was... busqueda tweet that the packers kick coverage special teamers play like they're in a football movie which I thought was the funniest thing because they they really are all tackling in slow motion. I think it was poor Sean Davis like dove at the ankles of the kick returner for the Saints and like looked like he was moving in slow motion. And I don't think he even touched him. I I think he landed. Yeah, right that in the is team.
1: that it was that that really that really long return because first yes, you know really long Tipa um, Nalei had a bad angle and missed him entirely, and then Sean Davis comes in and. Did he get a Did he get a hand on him? Did he get a finger on him? Was it? Would he have gotten him in touch football? I mean, that would, that return, I don't. It would have been a fifty-yarder in touch football, I think. Yeah, um, yeah, it was. It was bad. It, it was. And then there familiar, was another. Actually, it was. Yes. It, it looked very familiar. And then there was another return where uh, the guy dropped it and still was able yeah,
0: to make it out to like the thirty. That was make like, it up to the thirty was so rough. It's yep. like, what is going on? So, you know, not great early returns from the Visaccia units. And, you know, I think a lot of people were like, oh, we're hiring like Rich Visaccia, who seems like, you know, uh, he was a very, very solid head coach for the Raiders last year. I mean, he took him to the playoffs, but has only, honestly, only ever been, I would say, a mediocre special teams coordinator when you look at the rankings. So it's like, just I, I, there's, there's, been there's, some me- there's, doesn't some mean bits it's me- going to be amazing.
1: There's been some year-to-year variation. Yeah, I don't think he's been consistently, like, you know, top 10, because he's had some. Um, but I think om- almost all of the years were in the upper half. I think, left, except for a couple outliers, like the first year he took over, it made I think one of the places he was, took a couple years to really get a uh, the special teams kind of righted. So I'm hoping that's not as well. But we do have, we did, sir. how sure have a long way to go when he got here. So we'll see about oh, that. Yeah. But I'll, so, so someone say some, the
0: longest way to go.
1: <laughs> yes, because I think not only were they the worst, it's the worst teams special teams I've league, ever seen in my. They were, life. they were in. The, they're at least in the conversation for worst special teams of all time. It's, it's I mean, the worst I've ever. Last seen. year. The the Niners fans complained all year about how terrible their special teams were. They had the and they took our special teams, special teams and and thirty first was shed. was good enough to take our special teams behind the woodshed. Yes. Yep.
0: It was bad. But, but anyway, anyway, we but, could we could let's, rant let's, about, let's, about special teams all let's day. Let's go forward all night. But so there were a couple of the plays.
1: On. Yeah, that they. I felt also they had times where they failed to slow down the Gunners on the Saints to mm. uh, um, open up some holes. But you know that it was.
0: It um, was what it was. In a lot of ways, there and, were no and,
1: spectacular returns this time. I mean, Amari yeah, got well, nine not, out of a for the Packers punt return chance. That, and, but also the punter <laughs> boomed a couple of ridiculous punts. Yet yeah. That uh, Amari Rodgers was like going was back like Willie Mays. Like, yeah, I was going to say like <laughs> Willie trying to catch one at, at center field at the Polo Grounds um, on, on that that one punt, and so he really didn't have much yeah ch- much chance to uh, do anything with a couple of those punts.
0: Yeah, and. Um, but yeah, I mean, I thought the special teams was pretty bad, but you know, hopefully yeah, it doesn't need to be good. It needs to not be the worst. It does it do, the special teams does not need to be good. It can be 25th and I would be okay with it.
1: If it'd been 25th, we probably would have uh, It only needed to be 25th to beat the Niners last year, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it just needed to execute. But anyway, but let's yeah, hope but for anyway, we're hoping I, I for more. Could, we're hoping for, we're hoping for even face. better. But anyway, so let's let's move on to the let's offensive move on to side it. of the football and where the main story of the night was Jordan Love who despite his fairly pedestrian stats 12 for 24 113 yards and a touchdown was I think borderline sensational. He still bounced a few balls a little bit later in the game and had some misses where missed a couple guys out in the front uh you yeah, per- guys short but overall had some huge big time throws he had an 82.6 grade per pff if you care about those sort of things um he didn't they had him on an elite grade with three big time throws one of three on passes 20 plus yards down the field but there were two drops on those passes and four of six for 52 yards on play action according to zach cruz um, but if you include the Toure <sighs> drop, which would have been a tough catch, could have been five of six for uh, close to. It was a yards. nice
1: throw. I was looking at oh, that one throw. again. He, he just drops it. Just ripped that thing. Drops it in the bucket, and uh, Toure cannot come up with. Do you know which throws that uh, PFF was calling the the big time throws?
0: No, yeah, I'm not sure which one the big time throws were. It didn't say, but I think one of them at least was that throw to Winfrey down the sideline.
1: Yeah, the the crosser that was that was actually a really no, yeah, nice the, play. The deep
0: one where Winfrey didn't even have to break stride. Like I thought that was actually his best like completion of the night.
1: Oh, okay. The other thing I wanted to say about um, you know, in addition to the sort of the drops that were affecting his um, rating, there are a couple plays where I felt like the receiver wasn't necessarily on the same page as Love. So yeah. they don't come up as drops. There was the one mm-hmm. that you mentioned. Well, well there's the one that you told me about earlier about Deguara sort of slowing up. Are you showing me the tape? Yeah, there was just...
0: that drive that got all the way down inside the 10. And then I believe it was second down. Uh, Deguara's kind of doing like a little just out route. And it looks at first glance that Love completely misses him like half a foot in front. But then if you go back and watch it, Deguara just stops running for about a step and a half and like, like turns to a jog and... I know it doesn't seem like a lot when I'm just like saying a step and a half, but it's enough to make Jordan Love's throw look bad, and I'm sure that's something that the coaches will get on Deguara about.
1: Yeah, it's that it's that one of those you you look that's the one that looks most like his misses out in the flat last week, but it's almost like Deguara is thinking about just sitting down in the open spot and then starts running again. So you, mm-hmm. you know sometimes you have this decision based on how the defense is playing, but that's one where you know down in the red zone. Um, you're looking to just make, um, run for the corner, get to the pylon and just get out to the, to the edge as fast as you can. The other one was there's one, I think he threw to Winfrey going up the sideline. And I think it's Winfrey and Winfrey, he's just running straight down the field and, and love drops one way of him, like he's expecting him to come back.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then there was the, um. In the beginning of the play to Dobbs, where Dobbs starts looking over his left shoulder, and then switches switches to his right shoulder, and then can't track it when it's coming straight over his head. You know that that was one where
0: it was tough to tell me to tough for me to tell who was at fault because Dobbs is turning over that right shoulder because there's space to the sideline, but it seems like Love just wanted him to keep running, so it was tough because I actually I understand why Dobbs turned over that shoulder but it did make it so that the ball was no longer where love was thinking of putting it.
1: Right. So it's, so it's hard to tell who's at fault in that one. Was that because he's looking at the wrong play? He's, you know, Dobbs looking over the wrong shoulder or expecting the wrong place or, or exactly what uh, went wrong there. And then there's one where, when I first watched the play, it's like, Oh man, he just threw that right at, uh, right at the feet of the receiver. But actually he gets, um, and it I think that was to Winfrey, Winfrey's feet, but he's just, getting pressure right up in his face after Newman got bull rushed right into 10's lap right into yeah, left's lap Newman
0: I Newman I feel like and I know Andy Herman has said this well I feel like Hansen is actually playing better than Newman and I I was thinking this as well and it's like yes Newman was the starter last year but that doesn't mean he has to be the starter at right guard this year like he should not be the default right guard starter I I honestly think Hansen yeah. has played better than him
1: yeah, though Hanson had a couple of uh, Hanson's not
0: no Hanson's not perfect plays where
1: he didn't hold up to bonuses. and I thought Newman had some decent um, dry blocking when he had uh, um, Zach Tom next to him.
0: Yeah, well do you want to <laughs> do you want to go do you want to go over to the O line now? Um, um, let's or see. Do you have any more? Oh, oh, more I did have a couple more
1: notes about how Love, you know, in some of his sort of play actions of um, naked bootlegs and passes. Um, we're going really well through one stretch. We seem to be getting rhythm, though. The, the mm-hmm. one was a nice completion, and the other was the, uh, I guess the second one of those was the was the drop by Toure, um, where he was uh, rolling out to his left uh, on some on some nice uh, nice plays. Yeah. But then we can go on. Um, but anyway,
0: yeah, let's let since we are talking about, do you want to talk about the O line a little bit? Okay,
1: we can uh, jump to O line
0: and yeah. So I guess the first thing I want to talk about, I guess, was Zach Tom, and how excellently he's playing and he is like borderline must start come week one he has had 36 pass blocking snaps with zero pressures per pff and then per mike renner just as a baseline for how good that is only two rookies only two rookie offensive tackles excuse me with a minimum of 25 pass blocking snaps haven't allowed a pressure yet it's just him and charles cross who was a top 10 pick he is the hot he was the highest graded player on offense versus the saints and I actually think that his big, one of his biggest question marks was driving the run game, which we talked about in our last episode. He's getting tons of drive in the run game. I mean, there was several um, big Tyler Goodson runs that— uh, well, not several big Tyler Goodson runs, but a lot of Tyler Goodson's best runs came when Zach Tom was getting major push in the run game. <laughs> he also came in earlier this game. He came in at about the 14-minute mark of the second quarter as opposed to the 3-minute mark of the second quarter. And so I think it's only a matter of time before he's, he's starting there.
1: Yeah, I have a couple notes on the you know, play-by-play here of, and this was I think that uh, this was fifty and seventy crushing downfield ahead of a better yeah. run by thirty-nine. I know exactly and what the play you're talking and about. Then, and then the next play afterwards, um, again thirty-nine with uh, crush, crushing pulling block by fifty and seventy, especially fifty, especially Tom. Um, and, uh, he was doing really nicely and huge hole opened between fifty and seventy as as Newman is is uh go pulling to his left and Tom is like his guy's just buried off the screen. And in a, in a, in a, oh, that was the one where's the um the nice run with the escaping hole and the spin move that uh, Goodson puts on um down in the red zone.
0: And yeah, but, he, yeah and several he gets, nice yeah.
1: run blocking reps by Tom in that game.
0: Yeah, and I, I think I think Tom's getting to that point where it's like he he is very impressive. And I know a lot of people on Twitter have been posting clips about how impressed they've been with his play. And for them to get him in the fourth round is, is very, very good if he continues this level of play. Um, Myers and Runyon, I thought, look really good, really solid. There's not a whole lot to say there. Um, I know Rogers has occasionally been getting on Myers um, in practice a little bit. Uh, for some mistakes, but he did uh give him some props the other day because Myers helped him uh draw some guys offside, which was which was uh you know it's it'd be cool if the if him and him and Myers get on the uh good enough oh, page yeah. where they can be doing that regularly. You um, know and Rogers
1: then...
0: oh, when yeah. the center
1: snaps it to him when he's ready to catch the other team in a penalty.
0: Oh yeah. And then
1: um the last one, of the one O-line thing I did guys... have a, oh, i did sorry. have a for yeah. oh for a runyon and when where he gets kind of bull rushed once or twice, and one was on that first play where Love scrambles out of the pocket. Um, mm-hmm. He actually had um, though it was tight whether Amari um, Rogers was open coming over the middle. There was a defender trailing him, and think about whether Love could have taken that throw. But then as the pocket starts to collapse on him a little bit, he you know there's they you know parted the red sea for him to run up the middle. So he just took his 11 yards, his free free 11 yards. Uh, mm-hmm. Up there. Oh,
0: in the the first play of the game.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep,
0: yep. And I, you know, they have been having Tom take some snaps at left guard with both the ones and the twos. But I, I think Runyon's job is pretty safe. I think he's. I one think of it's the guys I safe. trust yeah. the most on that. But,
1: no yeah. One the, the question is, right, for Tom, who's like seems to be one of their five best linemen. Where are they going to put him? That's they, yeah. You know, th- so that becomes, I think, the tricky part of what they're going to do and whether. Yeah.
0: And I think that's a, a longer conversation than we're going to have on this podcast because I think yep. – I mean, I there's a lot of – he has a lot of flexibility. He's played at every spot on the O-line so far this camp except for center where he started for two years, um, but yep. center's pretty locked up. Um, but, you know, I think he is definitely one of the best five and he's getting to that must-start week one type.
1: Unless of you pass. want to do something crazy like put Tom at center and then move Myers to right guard. I've thought about that, but that's just not going to happen. It's, it's, no, uh, I don't. I yeah, there's, not there's gonna, never I, been the tiniest inkling that is even it being considered by the Packers' like, yeah, but Myers is big enough to be a guard. They keep he talking is, about but how you Tom's just not, not don't mess with the don't mess with the
0: this. They've been working on the chemistry for two years now. I don't think they're gonna just be like, well, best five. No, I think they're gonna keep the center the same. Uh, but then also on the O line uh caleb jones i know we talked about him a little bit earlier but he's looking really good um is the strategy just to take these Im, like enormous because he's or at least in college he was 370 pounds i know um some people said he's lost about 20 pounds since getting to the pros down but is to it the, three, is the 350 or even 340 get, yeah he's somewhere around there now but is the strategy to get these massive tackles in the end because it's just they're too big to get around like is that just the strategy like end of drafts get these huge tackles
1: I think the 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 draft, especially as an undrafted free agents, this is like take a flyer on anything that looks like potential, right? Yeah. And and these so the Bears like we're going guys. potential because these it's enormous, guys. or yeah. like Nyman, they uh, um, took potential because he was athletic. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's that's part of this uh, what they should be doing. What what gets me sometimes like, what are the rest of these teams doing?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are. What, kind of, what? We're kind of privileged not as that Packers much of a
1: secret what the Packers are doing, and I think I don't remember where I heard this. I don't think I heard this directly. I was like, it was like third hands, like was saying, "Oh, Zach Tom, he looks like a Packers kind of guy." It's like, then why don't you all take him? Yeah, it's like, oh, so you mean he looks like he's going to be a
0: good late round lineman? Like, what are we doing here? Just, I think the only time I've ever seen them miss is Jason Spriggs. Uh huh. Like where they just completely whiffed on an O lineman. Like that was the last time that, off the top of my head, like barring injury, they completely whiffed on an O lineman. Um, But anyway, but anyway, with Caleb
1: Jones, I wanted to say about. uh, So there's that one play that's gone kind of viral where he just pushes the edge rusher onto the ground like like a small child.
0: It looks like he barely (laughs) touches him, and the guy just goes flying. This dude is
1: huge.
0: He makes but Bakhtiari also... look tiny. If you guys can find that clip on the internet of them doing a blocking drill together, he makes Bakhtiari look tiny.
1: But, but I also that's... had him down for a couple of reps in the uh, sec- I think it was the second half, where he is doing great drive blocking down the field on a couple of their runs. I don't. Yeah, and that's the big running. question
0: for for some of these bigger tackles: is how well they move, like in when they need to get out in space and block. Um, which is like an issue when you get to that size, but it sounds like he's a lot smaller than he was in college. So a lot of those. Yes, i was wondering about this. Like maybe he, he
1: looks slow and clunky, but he's lost thirty or forty pounds, and so now all of a sudden he's a lot quicker than he was. But yeah, I think some of the times when Dexter Williams is in there running, there are a couple of times where um, Caleb Jones just buries the the man opposite opposite him on mm-hmm. the, in the run blocking.
0: Yeah, but anyway, we should probably keep it moving. Um, Running backs, I think I feel like Patrick Taylor is better at special teams and pass protection than Goodson is better at everything else. He's got way more burst. I feel like he's a better receiver. Taylor just doesn't really have a lot of juice right now. It seems like doesn't look as good as he did last year. Um, I feel like that's a pretty quick note on running backs. On let's just move straight to the receivers. I feel
1: like okay. Um, Yeah, I just want to say that that Goodson, you see, you know the. The burst hitting the hole like that shot, that play in the red zone I mentioned earlier. Yeah, also, he almost he got ca- that guy on the spin move. He, he almost yeah. had him. And then the, the he catches one I think going up the right side, and he turns upfield so quickly and smoothly. After he's catching over his right shoulder, and then turns mm-hmm. upfield and run and and uh heads up heads upfield very fast. It looks really really fluid and quick. Yeah, um, and then on for, all those plays. So it's, it's kind of see- what. They're gonna prioritize. You know, one thing I was thinking about this and, and I forget who wrote it. Um, and there were a couple of people. Maybe it's like, you know, Andy Herman and Ken Ingalls or a couple of people say it's not just about who you have on your team on the fifty three, because you have sixteen practice squad players who some can be called up repeatedly.
0: Yeah, it's about who is most likely to Who not is get, not gonna who, get who's not gonna get back on the team. Yeah. Right, who's who? You're who do, not going to to take from you exactly.
1: And Goodson could easily, I think, be picked up by somebody else, but I don't think anybody's going to pick up Taylor.
0: Yeah, I think so. For too. example, and then on to wide receivers. And the same thing. I think with, people uh, need to calm was... down about Romeo Dobbs. I think that I think people. I saw someone saying that he's making so many mistakes that he should be in like the doghouse, which I think is ridiculous. Like, how do you think he's how is he supposed to get better? Like, if he's if he's I mean no I understand he's making mistakes. It's the preseason though. Like that I feel like that's the time to make mistakes. And I understand that like if this was the regular season, a lot of those mistakes would be very detrimental to team success, but doghousing him now is just it's just not it's not good for the like ceiling of the team as a whole, like the ceiling of what this team could be.
1: Yeah, it also you need to have some you need to have players who can make big plays. And players, the defense has to, you know, yeah, a, like adjust that, that their fade, coverage for that
0: fade on the touchdown. I don't think there's another player besides maybe Lazard on the roster that could make that catch.
1: Uh, well, Watson, maybe but we haven't seen enough to know.
0: Watson and Watkins, maybe, but it, it's just maybe. Like we've seen,
1: we've seen, Ronda. we've seen Dobbs do it, and he's been doing a lot of catches like that. I just think you know, even if it's taking the good with the bad, um it's overall a net very, very positive. Um, So, you know, if he drops a couple, his catch percentage is a little lower, but his, like, you know, production per target has been really good.
0: Yeah, and I feel like that's going to be the big thing to remember, like, throughout the years. Like, I'm just going to have to be like, you know, he's going to drop a few, but
1: the explosive plays will
0: make up for it.
1: Just remember, like, MVS, had one of the highest rookie receiving yard totals for the Packers in like the last, what, seven years. And he had all kinds of drop issues. And he he still put up a lot of numbers. And Dobbs has got a lot more, I think, potential to be an alpha receiver than that.
0: Yeah, and then other receivers, I thought Winfrey had a really nice day. He's really earned a spot on the roster, I think. Yeah. and that's kind of it for receivers. Tight ends. Tyler Davis is really continuing to struggle. But LaFleur was very com- complimentary of him after the game, um, saying that he was actually playing pretty well in his mind and especially well on special teams. And he actually had a really good day of practice on Tuesday. Um, and I thought DeGuara was pretty good again, aside from that um, one missed um, route where he kind of stopped a little bit early. Um, but Yeah, I think though I would that- say he's
1: doing, he's doing doing did a lot of what he did in the last game, which is lead blocking. On some of those, like, uh, end arounds and things where he is doing, he does a really good job, maybe the, some of the best blocking he does when he's a- um, acting as a lead blocker. And his pass catching has been mostly fine, you know, getting the ball yeah. and turning up field. Yeah. Um, I did but want anyway. to say a little bit about, you know, you said the, um, the pass catch, other pass catchers. Rodgers had kind of a, Amari Rodgers had sort of a not very, you know,
0: um, it's more notable of day. It's, it's more of the same where he is struggling as a receiver but when he has the ball in his hands he's doing pretty good things
1: yeah i also saw a couple of times where i thought he was open but didn't get the ball on a couple of occasions mm-hmm. that uh though though maybe it was like uh, i don't know how quick safety is gonna be crashing down or whether i'll get get it there in time but they also do seem to use him a lot um you think about is like yards per target or per reception are, are kind of low as what you typically think of as for a receiver, but they use him a lot in the jet uh, and on jet sweeps, jet sweeps and end arounds, yeah, end arounds and passes um, near the line of scrimmage. And you see like so many plays where he's in. He's the motion guy, even though he mm-hmm. doesn't always get the ball. He is the one they're they're putting him in motion on a high percentage of the snaps he's in.
0: Yep. But anyway, we're going a little long on time, so let's move on to the defense where we have our fun stat time. Um And the stat time that I did this week because the Packers are struggling so much with injuries at the safety position with having to cut Vernon Scott due to injury, Dallin Levitt being injured, um, uh, and a bunch of, bunch of other issues at the safety position, Darnell Savage missing time. What I did was I looked at how important safety depth is over the course of the year. So what I, what I did was... I went to OurLads.com, which has an archive of old depth charts, and I went and found the safety starters for every NFL team as of August 1st, 2021. And then what I did from that was I grabbed the two starters, and then I went to Pro Football Reference and found the defensive snap percentages for each of those starting safeties for every team in the NFL last year. And what I found was that the median snap percentage for each pair of safeties for each team was 82%. So I averaged the defensive snap percentage for each safety pair and then took the median to account for outliers, which is 82%, which is really important because I think Green Bay Packers fans see, I thought initially it was like, okay, the third safety is important, but how important could it be? Um, But the reason that I was thinking that is because I have this preconceived notion in my mind that safety is a healthier position. But the reason for that is the Green Bay Packers had the healthiest pair of safeties by this metric last year in the NFL at 96.7% of snaps. And then in 2020, it was 91.7%. And then 2019, it was 91.4%. Over the last three years... Since Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage have been starters for the Packers defense, they have had some of the healthiest pair of safeties in the entire league, which is not, should not be taken for granted. Because when you look at how safety depth has been tested for other teams, about one in five snaps for the typical defense doesn't have one of their two starting safeties. And I think that's something to keep in mind because I initially was like, yeah, safety three is a big issue, but I think we'll be okay. Safety three could end up being a bigger issue than it has been in the past, especially with Darnell Savage already dealing with a hamstring injury. And I think the Packers are cognizant of this because today in practice, they were putting Rasul Douglas at safety with Keyshawn Nixon in the slot, which I think is a bit of a realization or an acknowledgement that that third safety spot is not very strong on this roster right now. And, Is going to be probably pretty important this year
1: It was kind of an interesting I do recall sometime in the spring I forget if the question was put to uh, Douglas directly or um, Coach LaFleur But there was some talk about You know, maybe we'll put Douglas At uh, safety some of the time And he was like, I think he said something like, yeah sure I'm up for that, Uh, I'm up for anything Gets me on the field Uh, And the idea that his his, skill set of You know, being able to have eyes Break on the ball when he has eyes on the ball Mm-hmm. Um, could lend yep. itself well to, yeah. And um, he's a bigger
0: guy. A he's safety. he's um, and he's a right. very good tackler. He's a hard hitter.
1: He's a he's their biggest. Is he their biggest corner? He Might, he might their be bigger. their heaviest. At least of the ones who get the most snaps.
0: Yeah, but you know, I so I just thought those numbers were interesting. That the Packers had the healthiest pair of safeties last year, and probably one of the handful of healthiest pairs over the last three years. And yeah, that just and because this is that's kind of true. A, doesn't necessarily I, get it, mean it's going to hold
1: for this year. Yeah, but it's kind of an interesting thing to bring up, and I, I've noticed this a little bit. And maybe it's not. Maybe there's a little bit of confirmation bias here, but I think when they've signed free agents, they have done um, um, biased a little bit towards players who have been healthy for their careers, like Preston Smith and Devondre and Campbell, Amos. people and, Campbell, and Adrian yeah. Amos, people who hardly ever miss any games, and I and I think that's. Right, but it, but I think it's been a strategy. It hasn't just been luck. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I think all injuries, to some extent, are luck.
1: There is, but uh, there are players... They are going with the... If this player has typically not been injured much in the past, it is likely to be a trend
0: and yeah, not a
1: fluke. Speaking of that safety three, though, if it's not Rasul Douglas...
0: Micah Abernathy had a really good game on Friday. <laughs> oh, that was, he was the highest yeah. graded defender by PFF for whatever that's worth, and he, his interception was very nice. And he was tackling very well.
1: Yeah, he, that diving is a. I mean, that was a a good catch tripping, for wide receiver.
0: stumbling, rumbling, bumbling.
1: <laughs> that was a good catch for a wide receiver, and I think he had a couple of pass breaks up beside that.
0: Yeah, and and you know, I, it's such a limited sample size that i don't want to get too excited but you make you make plays like that you make the team like that's just how it kind of goes yeah and i think i do think that safety now has the most questionable depth because as we look to the other positions when you look at linebacker uh i think it's giving d line a run for its money for the deepest position on the team oh for how
1: Linebackers. linebackers.
0: Yeah, inside linebackers. Yeah, we yeah. look at how well McDuffie is playing. He had several third down stops versus the Saints. He looked fast and decisive. And I think he's actually having more of a tangible presence out there than Quay Walker. Obviously, you would need to look at the whole breadth of work as well as the coverage to really... Um, how well these players are playing so it's not to say that mcduffie is actually playing better than quay walker but he's certainly been more noticeable out there and then chris barnes had a number of excellent plays and i think is so underrated i think he's actually not i think he gets a bad rep in coverage i think he's a little bit better than people give him credit for and he is a solid tackler and so that they're really yeah, 40 he had... at he linebacker right now and that's not even including ray wilborn who is a very good fifth linebacker, but I I do think it is becoming a bit of an uphill battle for him to make the team.
1: I don't think they'll keep five. He um, the Wilburn did have some nice uh, um plays actually he had a couple of nice stops and tackles, but yeah Barnes is going to say he had some um nice containment um and, I, and he had to, one I forget I don't remember who the receiver was. Of course I wasn't keeping track of I don't know who the um. Saints receivers who were actually playing besides Alave anyway. Um, but he had nice coverage and a pass breakup. The one play I'd say that he had a negative in the last game was the play that Vernon Scott got hurt on. Um, he was going in for um, at, um, closer line of scrimmage than uh, Scott was, and he got blown off the play by the uh, um, offensive lineman on coming to the second level. And uh, and then it went down. down. But otherwise, he had... Um, Oh, and then he, there's a running back got to catch ends, but he had some nice tackles, some nice um, coverage plays. Yeah, and McDuffie also has been a good done a, and I think both of them have mostly done a good job of not like overrunning the play. They're coming in, balance and and still hitting. Um, the uh, yeah, the ball and, carrier. I mean the
0: line. So the linebacker depth feels pretty good. The D line depth I think is very nice. Although I will say. Devonte Wyatt did struggle in his debut. It was his debut versus the Saints. He had just one tackle in 26 snaps. Um, his best appearance yeah. so far does seem to be Family Night. Although, yeah, they ha- that they- was, yeah. Sorry, go ahead.
1: And I was hoping that that was going to be the sign of the way things were going to start going once like pads came on and there was more sort of live action. Um, seemed to, uh, I was hoping it was going to be turning the corner there at Family Night, but he's has been kind of invisible. The other thing I'd say about the D line, it was I would say it's a little bit of a mixed bag this week, though during the the uh, the joint practices I think they are wrecking havoc. But with um, there was a lot more um, run success for the Saints I think than we saw the previous week for the Niners. Yeah, than
0: from the Niners I agree. I and, think that and the Saints are really getting tell, some more movement up front than the right. Than the they're Niners really did pushing,
1: the especially League. as the game went on. They're going. Just offensive line surge for like, you know, six yards regularly. And you could really tell the difference when, like, when Slayton and Heflin weren't in. And they already, of course, you know, Clark, Reed, and Lowry weren't in. And then when you also had Slayton and Heflin out, you could yeah, see. It is important the to note that
0: a lot of the, that this is not the starters. Like, the these, top these are top the backups.
1: That uh, they were getting pushed downfield um, a decent amount. Though, though Chris Slayton still had a couple of nice plays.
0: As yeah, well, where and
1: he, he's getting up though. He's better. I, I think
0: Chris Slayton has played himself onto the at least the practice squad. I think he has been very I think so impressive.
1: though I, I do it does seem like his strength is running up field to get into the backfield than holding the point of attack. And you know, but I think that's okay
0: for a practice. Oh, squad it's guy.
1: a it's a good squad. It's a good. Yeah, people who are specialists um, yeah. as part time players. Exactly, and
0: I think I think he looked good. Heflin drew a holding penalty and otherwise looked pretty yep. solid out there, I think.
1: They have that same note. Holding, drawn by Heflin on run-up middle. Yep. Um, but Which anyway, kind of blew then, up that uh, um, offensive possession by the Saints there on their first uh, drive.
0: Yeah, and then I think corner depth has kind of been... Another thing that I was more impressed with in the Saints game, I thought Shamar John Charles and Keyshawn Nixon were especially good. But then also Keandre Thomas, the three of them all had top five grades on defense in the game for PFF. Um, but the two, uh, John Charles and Nixon, especially, were more impressive to me um, than Keandre Thomas personally. But I and I thought yeah. those two showed that we don't necessarily need to be too afraid. About the corner depth and the fact that they were willing to put Rasul Douglas at safety and bring in Keyshawn Nixon with the starters with Darnell out, I think shows that the Packers agree.
1: Yeah, it definitely seems like they have uh, more confidence in their safety depth. And I would say that um, John Charles Even in and depth? in the sorry in the corner depth they uh, are able to uh, move move Douglas over because I would say that John Charles and Nixon, you know they. And, and uh, Thomas were all making good plays, though John Charles and Nixon, their plays were coming earlier in the game when
0: mm-hmm. more
1: of the Saints' frontline starters, front line line. starters yeah. or closer to starters were playing, while well, Thomas had a couple of nice breakups, but they were later in the game where the, you know, the general consensus of the competition is not as high.
0: Yeah. Um, and then I think, so I, I feel a little bit better about the depth there. I feel a little bit better about the depth at edge as well. I thought Enakbare looked good again. He didn't put up the numbers that he did in that first game, but he beat the left and the right tackle. Um, he beat them with different moves. He beat them with a bit of a, a chop move as well as a ghost rush where he kind of baited the the tackle into lunging and then dipped under him um, and then did in like an IRL Call of Duty uh, slide cancel, um, which was very <laughs> impressive and very fun to watch. Um, but I thought he looked good. I thought Hamilton set a pretty good edge. Uh, how'd you, yeah, how'd you he set
1: the edge fingers? against the run several times, uh, very nicely actually. Uh, I have a, a few different plays where he did that uh, in my notes.
0: Yeah, and then it <laughs> and, looks and like Tipa you had was, a couple notes on Tipa as well.
1: Uh, he had that really nice spin move for a pressure early in the game. Oh yeah, that yep, was, I know. It was like the
0: third or fourth play of the game. Yep, I know exactly what you're
1: talking about. Um, but I have great spin move by by uh, 40 for pressure, and that's the one where oh, that's the play where John Charles has the breakup. about caught. Got called for the pass yeah, appearance at the end, but I'm it was a, a home, it was a a homer, great.
0: But I did not agree with that. And I, and I watched that on
1: the all twenty two. It's like okay, there's a little bit kind of positional hand fighting at the top of the route, but it's pretty weak. Yeah, uh, but that pressure by for the refs too. That pressure by uh, was was really nice of that spin move. And then yeah. you know, of course, that one time he got exposed was he, he just gets smoked yeah,
0: he's by in coverage on
1: Chris Olave. <laughs> <but> Chris Olave, <laughs> why, and, why and so is, that's... Like, that's not his job. That's that's the question. I, I was like, that's just a bad. Pos- you just had no chance there. You got an edge rusher on a speed receiver. You know, out in in the slots. Like he had basically, and there wasn't really any help over the top. He's kind of just yeah. left left hung out to dry. Yeah, and um, so
0: those three guys kind of stood out to me. And then Kobe Jones continues to have like a pretty nice camp. I think he's bo- he's he's fighting for a roster spot right now in the fifty three too. Uh
1: huh. Yeah, oh well on the fifty you think of the fifty-three? I think on the I fifty-three.
0: Th- he was the first person with the ones coming off the bench when um we I think we talked about this earlier. Uh he was the first one with the ones after um Gary dropped out of practice the other
1: day. I guess the question is how many edge rush
0: I could see five, I think, but I mean it all I think depends five, on who they keep five. But I positions.
1: don't think I don't think it's gonna be more than five. I think but if I don't they keep think-
0: five, Kobe Jones is hundred percent one of them.
1: Oh, hundred percent one of them.
0: Yeah, I think if they keep five, he's definitely one of them.
1: Gary Preston Enigbare Garvin
0: I think I mean I So would that, argue so I think
1: those first 3 are pretty certain to be on the 53. I would argue So then you Kobe have, Jones is
0: ahead of Hamilton right now.
1: Uh-huh. Cuz then I think you what you have is for let's say the first the top 3 are set. And Igbari, i don't know if Smith i would say
0: garvin is set i would say it's four. no no, no, no i
1: say spots. that's why i'm saying those three oh and i'm Igbari. putting an Igbari yes, and yes, Igbari yes, is yes. three and then you have garvin hamilton nalei um, and, Maliai kobe, jones for and two spots. kobe jones for two spots yeah i mean
0: we'll we'll do this when we talk about our 53 next week after the last preseason game but uh i, I do think that's an interesting discussion to have um Anything else on the edge rushers you wanted to say or any of the other defensive positions before we uh, I wrap think up
1: here? I think that's that's it. Any other defensive versus I thought, um,
0: I mean, I I, th- I feel like I feel pretty good about where the depth of this defense is in most positions. I accept safety, unfortunately, but you know, hopefully Savage can get back quickly,
1: right? And uh, yeah, and I think they're going to hold them out to the beginning of the season. At this point, it's like uh, As they it should, no sense just, there's no reason. And it sounds like any... none of the
0: starters are going to play versus the Chiefs, anyways. None of the starters who haven't
1: already today. played are going to play. Yeah, so, uh, exactly. I, I think it's the way he worded it. So if you haven't yeah. already, so been that means starting. No, but Rogers, maybe
0: Christian Watson will play on Thursday. I mean, we'll
1: see. We'll see. I suspect Christian. I think they're going to. I mean, because they've been playing. They've been playing Dobbs. Yeah, um, and so Dobbs no... and Christian
0: Watson got some reps with the ones with Aaron Rodgers.
1: Um, Today as the as yeah. the wide receiver and uh, Watson or was I, getting like, some praise from uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers today too. Yeah, but anyway, I yesterday think yesterday? that that's
0: I think that that's all that we have for you guys today. Um, Dad, any last messages for our nice listeners?
1: Um, I just say uh, relax and enjoy Thursday's game. Be our last preseason game. Yep. Um and see what uh, what comes out of that. The, yep. I would say that the Packers are currently, I think, at 79 players. They've they've left one open roster spot with all the moves they made. So oh. we'll see what happens with that, if they do anything, or whether they'll say, well, we're going to have to cut down so soon. It doesn't make sense at yeah. this point, which kind of seems to be where they're trending. But, yeah, I'd be curious to see uh, what players actually play. Uh, the defense wants to play mm-hmm. against uh, the Chiefs. So. Exactly. Yeah, so we'll see ex- how I'm that goes. Thursday, I'm excited for Thursday, but excited Thursday. And, and, and we'll then, be and then you that's another, the last that's the last preseason game, and then we just got a you know gotta wait what, and see what happens two, with the two, two, two weeks for the for the start of the season.
0: Yep. But anyway, you guys, thanks so much for listening. Um, this has been the Father Son Packers podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. This has been our second episode ever, and we'd love for you to come on back. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Father Son Packer. Uh, you can find us on YouTube, Father Son Packers Podcast. Um, you can find us anywhere podcasts are found. We are slowly but surely expanding our information. Um, but yeah, thanks again for listening so much and go pack, go. Go pack, go.